it's the Friendly Fire Show, episode 180 for the start of August 2021. I am one of your hosts. My name is Steve. I'm Ben, your other host. Just us this week, Steve. We're back to the, the original duo. Yes. Just because I don't, we, it's lockdown again here. So I don't know. Everything's a mess. It's hard to get people. It's hard to feel motivated. Uh, that's fine. Mm. Adelaide's not in a lockdown. You're like one of the only major cities that isn't. Congratulations. I think we're the only place not in a lockdown. If you can hear this dog barking, I want to put out, that's not my dog. That is our neighbor's dog trying to res up my dog. Very annoying. <laughs> How is Banjo? Uh, becoming a little terror. So he's 13 weeks old now, which means he's at the let's explore and bite everything stage. So that's my life at the moment. Is he still going for Xbox controllers or is he switched to shoes? Uh, or? Definitely shoes. We've got a cable around the wall, which hides like a little plastic case, which hides the power cable and the thing which wrapped around the room. And he loves chewing that. Oh, um, so basically the things I don't want him to chew is all he's after. He has, he jumps up on the Series X quite a lot because I guess it's a big black box to jump on, but he doesn't chew it or anything. He just likes to to see what it is. So That's good. Yeah, we don't have like good. a Series X that's like accessible to a cat or else because mm. they sit on top of my PC because the hot air kind of comes up the top. So I'd imagine if they could sit on an Xbox, they would. Mm. They don't anyway. This has been Animal Chat. Uh, let's get into video games and stuff, I suppose. Uh, and I want you to kick it off, actually, because you got to play uh, and review Flight Microsoft Flight Simulator for Xbox Series S and mm. X. You played on X, though. Yeah, I played on Series X and very good. I think pretty much what I said in our review is... Uh, it's amazing that this game runs on a console. Like it shouldn't by all reports. It does. It's one of the only games that won't run on the Surface Book 2 that I have. Um, like it runs Forza Horizon 3 and 4 pretty well, but it just will not run Flight Simulator at all. And it runs smooth, more or less, on Xbox Series X. So a little bit of stutter now and again, I found in the um, the activities where you start in the sky and it kind of loads everything in. Um, or if you fly like real low to the ground in London, funnily enough, on my VRR display, which doesn't cap at 30, it actually stutters more. So oh. as much as it does a really good job of like, um, unless you turn off 120 hertz mode. So uh, yeah, I think generally it's pretty smooth, pretty easy to fly. Like I have most of the assist turned on still, but um, I think I get it, you don't lose that much with just the controller. Like if you want to go change something, you can go cockpit mode, press in the left stick. The AI takes over basically as your co-pilot and adjust stuff. You're not going to crash probably. That says, I don't know if you found this, but like leaving that autopilot onto land, it's not very good. Like it will no. miss the runway by like a few kilometers. Like, what are you doing, guy? Generally uh, stuffs up. Yeah. But like yeah, you have I to- think it's, it's, it's amazing that it like runs so well. I was going to just run it on my Xbox instead of my PC because it's it seems to be- a- better optimized for xbox um but mm. i kept like because you do these like giant long flights from seattle to france or something and if you set down if you put on auto- autopilot and set the controller down like it times out because you're not putting in a right. controller input so i'm like oh so I, I uninstalled it on my xbox and i'm just playing on pc again because i got that little itch to go and explore and look at things see places that you, we can't get to right now so mm. Either way, yeah, it's, it's really fun good. just to do that. Like, I mean, I got in a little. As much as your um, instinct is to get in a large plane and fly around somewhere super far away, I just started in Vegas, flew down the strip to be like, oh yeah, I've been to that hotel before. And because it's one of the places which has the download pack, so it's more legit, I can be like, that's where we saw Penn and Teller, and it actually looks like the real place, as opposed Ooh. to Adelaide, which looks kind of kind of dodge, but it's it's pretty accurate. 
Did you go and see the Sydney Harbour Bridge, which does not look like the Sydney Harbour Bridge? No, I've been to Melbourne. I haven't been to Sydney yet, actually. So I figure I've seen that before. I'm going to random places, like just Googling like weirdest airport in the world. And if you get that four-letter code, I don't know what it's called, airport code, whatever the technical term is, you can just find pretty much anywhere. So yeah, yeah, just and I did the perfect landing. I followed all the guides. I did like a proper landing at the world's most remote airport just to be like, I can do it. All the assists off, like to do it properly. Forgot to put down the landing gear. And because the assists are off, I didn't get the alert about it. And it just skid. I did, I have no damage on, obviously, so I can do this. So it didn't reset or anything. It just let me skid. And I was in the middle of the runway, no landing gear down. Like, that should count, game. Like, perfect. Well, <laughs> no. it's probably better if you had put that down. But, hey, good job. Nice try. Yeah. But, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's, I think, like you said in your review last year, it's the perfect game for COVID times because you could, you can travel. It's the only way you can do it. And sadly enough, it's exactly the same a year later on Xbox. It's, I don't know when we're going overseas again. I think it's going to be a while. So yeah. uh, as much as we complain when we're talking about delayed flights and jet lag and all that stuff, we would love to do it again. So this is the only way to, to experience that at the moment. Very true. And it's on Game Pass. So if you have a Series X mm. or a S or a PC, it's like, why would why not give it a give it a go? It's yeah. far more optimized than it was when it first came out, especially in terms of like um, f- footage, not foot- footprints on your like hard drive. Your SSD. Yeah. It's, so. it's like a hundred gig or something, but it streams in. It actually, yeah, that's one thing. It, it streams quite well considering, you know, MBN Australian internet. So surprised how well that works. Yeah. Uh, one tip I found on YouTube is, so when you're out of cockpit mode, all the controls you have on screen are actually mapped to the controller, but I didn't know how to use trim. So trim is a thing which kind of lets you uh, level where your yoke is basically. So you can slowly glide in. I was doing like the hop to get it down to the runway, which is apparently the wrong technique. Uh, you need to use the trim. So to do that, you need to hold down the right bumper and then the right stick controls that. I had no idea about this oh. right bumper modifier. I just thought ah, that obviously can't be controlled by the controller. I'll ignore it. Incorrect. Uh, that's the only thing I've discovered. That's all I've learned. Well, that's a hot tip. I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. Hmm. Um, I had a chance to, I didn't play it, but I got a chance to check out the artful escape, which is a game that I think it was the 2017 E3 press conference at Xbox. It was, um, kind of hyped up. I think Australians got a chance to see it beforehand because it's a Melbourne, uh, made game uh, by a, a developer called Beethoven and dinosaur. And the, the main guy there is Johnny Galvatron, who's like an Australian rock star. And he had the game at PAX Australia 2016. So we had a little bit of a sneak peek. Um, the game, it's like it's coming out when it's ready. Uh, and that apparently is this September. It's it's like a completely new art style from what we saw in 2017. But it's this really cool, like Annapurna interactive game. I'm really into Annapurna interactive games of late, like The Last Stop, um, which is been out for like a couple weeks um is super good and 12 minutes which is coming out this month is an annapurna game so like that same kind of like really narrative focused um night niche tight compact just like little experience Uh, and this one's about a a bob dylan-esque kind of uh guitarist who his uncle is very famous and he's kind of living in his uncle's footsteps and trying to be the same kind of thing and then realizes that he doesn't like folk music and wants okay. to kind of be like the Ziggy Stardust equivalent to, to David Bowie. So it's the artful escape is, is about him 
escaping the, the folk music thing that he's set up for himself and you know like going on this cool sci-fi adventure to like find his his art persona his ziggy stardust um just really funny um it's like a platformer kind of without like a lot of like really hard fail states it's more of like an experience than than something that's supposed to be super challenging um with like five hours of original music a lot of like different styles like you know there's some um like the folk music that i said before there's some uh, awful jazz like purposefully awful jazz says johnny galvatron there's um like cool guitar riffs and licks and like jason schwartzman is in it uh lena headley from game of thrones there's a whole bunch of like famous famous people that are doing the voice cast and it's like i don't know how to describe what it is in terms of a game but like it's something that i'm super excited about so uh, go check out the preview which tries to explain it a bit better than i just did there's uh trailers and images to kind of wrap it all up and hopefully make it make sense in your brain did i make Hmm. it make sense i don't know uh i'll read the preview and then i'll let you know (laughs) So that's a no. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, did you have a chance to play any of the Halo Infinite tech test, Ben? I did. I really like it. I think it feels super free to play. And I don't know if that's because I know this is a free to play game or if that's because Halo's always felt like that. And it was just before its time. It kind of just, it feels perfect to be a free to play game. Um, and yeah, I thought it felt good. I thought the map was kind of shitty, but the, the general concept of what's there seems good to me. So you, were you on the map that was like outside and there was like... No, I was inside. Oh, okay. So there's three maps altogether. I didn't oh, okay. get a chance to play on the third. Um, I only played three rounds and I was on the same map every time. So I kind of thought this is it, but maybe I got unlucky. I was kind of the same, but I was always on live wire, which is the outside one, I think. Mm. Um, and I played against ODST bots and Spartan bots. So the Spartan ones were the most difficult in the ODST, I think. If they weren't the, the least difficult, they were the second least. Um they weren't super difficult, but the Spartans were a bit tricky, um, which was kind of good. And it gives good you an for idea. bots. Like when I think bots, I'm thinking like PS1 N64 era, the last time I played against bots, and they were just horrendous. So, like, yeah, they're pretty good. Well, and they, they kind of gave you examples of what you could try to do with either you or your team that you might not have thought of yeah. without seeing it. And obviously, if you played real people, you'd, you'd get that same experience too but i liked the idea of of playing with bots because you get to learn the maps and it's less punishing than like going on and playing against real people who maybe have been playing for weeks and weeks and just like destroy you so it's a nice way to learn and the 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 weapon drills kind of do the same thing except that was boring i always played the first star ones which was just like stationary enemies but apparently if when you go to the two and the three star ones they start moving around and you know like actually giving you insight into tactics and stuff i do feel Um, like as a result of bots uh i haven't really played it yet like you know it's when you play the tutorial of a mission or something while you're waiting for your game to download properly it's like i haven't really played the real game yet so it felt good i liked what was there but i still feel like i haven't played halo infinite like it's it's a early demo version it felt a little bit weird and hollow to begin with. I think it because the bots were too easy at like at the at the start. But as they as you played the the more difficult ones, it felt more like Halo. And they had like I think they had an hour of actual PvP, but it was probably at a time that yeah. was not beneficial to Australians at all. Um, but yeah, it's like it's it's it seems like there's a lot going on. I kind of like the battle pass stuff, and I like that you know like it's it's all cosmetic and if you decide you want to 
get a battle pass and you know like finish it it's not like you're tied to a specific time frame to do it you can just keep plugging away at whatever battle pass you want until you finish so there's yeah it's like it's 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 halo it's it's a long time coming it's it's been delayed and it was supposed to come out you know last year christmas time but it looks like it's going well and you know 343 take all the time you need to get it in a yeah. really good place i guess I, I think I always had bigger question marks over the campaign and how well they would nail that because I think that whenever you're looking at a new gen system and you've got the first big uh, kind of the major IP for Microsoft in this case coming out, yeah, multiplayer is important, but there are so many strong multiplayer games. It's always what is that campaign experience, especially Halo, because it's it's not only solo, it's co-op as well, and that's always been such a big part. Yeah. And 343 haven't nailed it yet, really, in the same way that Bungie did. So. Uh, I think that's still the question mark. And also, when is it coming out? Like it's it's August and we don't have a release date, which is unusual for a game coming out in that November, December, or even October is called holidays now. So when yeah. are we getting a date? I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Halo 4 was good. I like the camp. I like the, the the campaign and the the story of Halo 4. And then Halo 5 went just completely off the rails. Like yeah. Spartan Lock or whatever like who cares no one cares about that dude what happened to Cortana and now it's it's like I think we were talking about it weeks and weeks ago it almost seems like they just hit the giant reset button it's like oh don't worry about any of that stuff it's cool it's just Master Chief and there's a halo don't like don't worry about it it's fine yeah. um did you try out the like the AI the customization in in the in the not really thing no. like so you, you have like your own personal assistant like that master chief used to have cortana but you can like give it different appearances and like voices so and like if you were killing people like occasionally someone else would be like oh you did a really good job like that is your ai talking to you so like that's your new cortana kind of thing it's weird i like the idea of it but it's also strange Mm. well promising so we just wait to see more hear more uh I guess this is really the big test. Like there would normally have been some type of media show, something to play it at without any of that. They've just kind of gone straight to this for for people to talk about. So a different way to look at this type of thing. At the same time, they're saying it's not an alpha. It's not a beta. Like this isn't represent. Like it's okay. Like it is representative because you're letting us all play it and like stream it and record video. So like, like it or not, it's representative of your game right now. It's the only thing we've really had a chance to see. So but I'm, I'm happy with where it is and what it, what it looks like and how it's going. So that's yeah. good. Looking forward to it. Uh, it's been a week of, well, I was going to say alpha or beta or something, but it was just technical test because uh, there's another one out that you've been playing, which I haven't played yet. But what is that one? Uh, Back for Blood, which is mm. the Turtle Rock who did Left 4 Dead. Um, it's it's left for dead but it's not left for dead it's it's i don't know like it's so you kind of start in this hub world where you go and collect the cards that you know are going to change up different levels you know if you play a certain card to get a certain condition um and then you jump into the game itself but i don't know like it, it just seems like really short levels where you kind of just like run from a to b and you know like do something like it's i don't know like it doesn't have the same from what i played it's only been 20 30 minutes so like you know take that ready to do your final review um yeah it's just like i don't know like run from a to b very linear like not a lot going on weird set piece at the end and i only played like two levels and that's what happened whereas like i don't know i feel like left for dead was more like open like the maps were more open and you had to kind of figure out 
what to do rather than just run forward. So like that's, I don't know, that seems a bit weird to me. Um, it looks great though. The characters are funny and diverse and cool. Like that's like, you know, the same thing as, as you know, the Left for Dead characters. Uh, and the shooting's really, really good. Everything feels really good, but it's just like, I don't know. It just kind of doesn't seem, something's not clicking yet. It just doesn't okay. quite capture the Left for Dead feeling that I want. I'd play this over over Alien Fireteam though, in a heartbeat. Um, so at least there's that. All right. Uh, what you say? Yeah, the the early access beta goes till the twelfth, I think, or the tenth, or something like that, and then it opens up as an open beta for everybody on the thirteenth, I think, here in Australia. Um, so if you're keen, you will definitely have a chance to play it before the game comes out. So that's good. There's a lockdown activity. And then there's like a Battlefield 2042 tech test, but not available in Australia. So if you're in the States, I guess you can go okay. and register or look into it, but we can't. So eh, too bad for us. Hmm. And I think that's it in tech test news, Ben. We got there. <laughs> Perfect. But there is some tech news to go over. I'll yes. let you read those stats because I don't really care about them, uh, but they're very important. I don't even understand them, but I'll have a crack. Um, so PS4 beta OS five. now supports... PS5. Oh, sorry, did I say PS4? Yeah. PS5 beta OS now supports internal SSDs. So if you want to uh, expand your internal storage and have more games at your uh, fingertips, you can. Um, again, not Australians though, because the beta is not available to us, but eventually, obviously, this will come out to everyone. Um, you need a PCIe Gen 4 M.2 NVMe SSD uh, with a storage space between 250 gigabytes and four terabytes. Uh, and you need at least a 5,500 megabytes per second read speed with a heatsink to be able to install it. And then, of course, there's a whole bunch of other stuff like it has to be a certain size to fit in the slot and blah, 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 blah. So like that's the technical thing if you're that super technical, but I guess the the gist of it is you need to spend probably I don't know like five to seven hundred dollars to get a two or what like one or two terabyte like depending on the brand and stuff like I'm kind of giving ballpark here, but like you know let's say seven hundred bucks for a two terabyte mm. um, SSD. Insane. Yeah, <laughs> and like not that Microsoft solutions much better well that's it's it's better, it's better in terms of it's really easy to to figure out what you need to get because there's only one thing to get and just plug it in the hole um but it's not much cheaper either so not it's cheaper like, at all it's more yeah. expensive probably i i like microsoft solution a lot better so long as they come good on their promise of uh at launch we only have one terabyte model and it's only from seagate but we will allow other manufacturers to create them using our custom design but they can make their own versions uh and we'll have different storage um, capacities. Now it hasn't quite been a year yet, so I'm not surprised we haven't got another one. And the prices probably haven't come down much with this whole tech shortage at the moment and everything going up. Yeah. Um, but if, if you know, two or three years roll past and we don't get any other version, then Microsoft has done a Sony and gone with a custom memory, which is what killed the Vita basically. Cause they were like, here's a 32 gig memory card, 150 bucks or whatever it was. Like it was just a, um, yeah, it was a horrible solution, but I, I feel like they made the right call here for the position the tech was in because I use that. I have two Xboxes, luckily enough, and I use that to move games between them. It's so quick. Um, I need the extra storage space. I need more than one terabyte, to be perfectly honest, but I can't afford yeah. a second one. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not going to bother with it on my PS5 because it's just it's too much effort. I'll just move games to the normal hard drive I have installed and, and move them back when I want to play them. So yeah, uh, that's the solution as well. You can do that. 
Um, it's just, yeah, it's too complicated for me and it's the, the cost saving isn't there yet. At some point, the ability to use any brand is going to make it much cheaper to upgrade your PS5 storage. But when that comes, that might not happen until PS6. Like it yeah. could be a long time away. Yeah. And while we're complaining, just I, 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 I like the Xbox solution, I think a little bit better, but then I found because I got sent with the flight simulator stuff like a Series S and I wanted to try games out on the little screen mm. and things. So I unplugged the storage and put it in, but then like realized when I was just kind of cleaning things up, like Doom Eternal and like A Plague Tale, I had games installed on the internal hard drive, the Seagate SSD, and sometimes like with Doom, Doom Eternal, like also on like my eight terabyte, like, old xbox one hard drive and it wasn't very easy to tell where my duplicates were i had to kind of like go into each game and like, like look, look at each game like, yeah Ugh, that sucks and i don't even understand how i've copied it to so many places anyway mm. but any that's like first rule uh, the ps5 does that better way better when you can look at what's on your storage and you can list by what size they're taking up and you can just go very easy list to see um you know, which game you have to delete basically to, to free out space. So definitely does that better. But then it splits PS5 games and PS4 games, which makes it a bit more confusing because it takes forever to load the other one when you're bouncing between them. So yeah, uh, for such storage issues this generation, both are okay, but neither of them are that great at helping you manage it. No, but you know, it's, it's that thing of like, I'd like having every single game ever that I've bought well, downloaded, but then like i don't play 90 <laughs> yeah. percent of them so what's the point i might as well just uninstall them but you know first world problems anyway mm. um another story that i wanted to talk to you about is that uh pax west which is obviously something that we're not going to go to it's in it's the one in seattle um put out a statement a week ago or something saying that they either require proof of vaccination to attend or um proof of a negative results and i think they must do the fast testing then and there to be able to do that ladder if you haven't been vaccinated you need to kind of like quickly show them that you're still (laughs) negative to get in um so i don't really want to talk about that so much as in the context of of pax oz which may or may not be happening in october in melbourne um just to kind of get your thoughts on on what you think is going to happen if we're even going to have an event or if if we're going to go into something well, if mm. we do have an event, we're obviously going to have to do the same kind of thing, right? Well, I don't. So last year, PAX was clinging on for quite late, if I remember thinking, yeah, we're, we're not going to cancel. And it was like, you know, September or something. And we were kind of like, read the room, guys. Melbourne's in lockdown. I don't think we're going to open up suddenly in the next couple of weeks until they eventually called it. And I get it. Like, there was so much planning and stuff goes into it that they you kind of cling to the hope that it will happen. Yeah. Um, but this year they've known that like it might be, I assume they planned for, it might have to be postponed or delayed or changed or whatever. Um, I mean, I hope it happens. Like I, I would love to be able to come over to Melbourne. We could get, uh, we haven't had the survivor team together for, for ages now, like two years at least. So we might not have this, we might have to have the Sydney people depending well, on how this is going. There's so many variables. Look, like you've got you to make be able some, to fly from Adelaide, but maybe yeah. not the Sydney people. Got to make some uh, compromises and sacrifices in COVID times. I'm willing to sacrifice the Sydney people if we have to. I'll bring uh, a laptop and we can do a Zoom, <laughs> Zoom when in. we're at the pub. Yeah. Perfect. Cheers, guys. Potentially. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what PAX has always been for us. It's been more of a catch-up situation. Um, I think it will be tough to do it this year, though. Like, I mean, 
two days ago, Melbourne's promised, you know, showing up there, zero cases. It looks like everything's great again. The AFL Grand Final's back on, boys. Uh, and then today, hang on a second, lockdown. Actually, it's like a donut day off. for half a day. We couldn't even <laughs> yeah. have a full day to celebrate. It was like, no, sorry. <laughs> but so within that context, when you've got an event that relies on people coming in, not only from interstate, but from overseas to some degree, uh, and it's at such a big convention center, like how do you, how do you plan for that? with yeah. so many unknowns i don't know i mean people are trying to get events happening and i get it we can't postpone events indefinitely until scomo sorts us out which might be never so i do get that um i i don't think you could do a um an october event i don't think you could do a proof of vaccination because it's quite likely that a lot of people wouldn't have the opportunity to get vaccinated yet so yeah maybe next year that's an option yeah like i just i can't see it even going forward i, I feel like Sydney's probably still going to be in lockdown in October the way they're going mm. and like in places like Melbourne especially Adelaide less so you lucky dogs but you know like Melbourne like you were saying like it's until we have that 80% vaccination rate that they've been talking about like you basically just have to prepare for a snap lockdown at any point yeah so I just I can't imagine it's going to go through to be honest and I don't know if I would i would i'm i'm fully vaccinated now so i probably would go if i had if yes, i had to but like yeah like yeah. i if i wasn't i don't think i would i think that's too much of a risk really too many people and so many mm. unknowns well i'll tell you what maybe next pax 2022 will be a really good one because it hasn't happened for so long yes. i feel like those type of things are events which happen annually and to a degree i mean they're fun but they feel like you're going through the motions because it's like oh we're back here again having a break isn't the worst things for this type of thing. Like they can kind of retool a bit, change some things and you get that excitement of the first one back because there's been a delay, but there's been a gap. So um, it could be good for it. And there are so many things that like haven't really eventuated because of COVID. Like it's not like it'd be an exciting year to have it. There's not a lot of mm. stuff, you know, like there's not huge show stopping things that, you know, are going to take up the show floor. Maybe by the time next year rolls around, that will be different. Yeah, well, PAX has often been his, uh, it's a lot of indie devs that get to show off their games and that's such a really great section. So it's a shame for them. Yeah. Um, but the big publishers normally just, if they, even if they're there, they kind of have, here's the games we've already released. Like it's not like Gamescom where you get to play a, a teaser of an upcoming game. It's very much, a, this game came out last month, here's the demo. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's not necessary really from that point of view. And I guess the good thing is we're getting more online events like the Annapurna one showcasing, you know, a Melbourne studio and the Artful Escape. And um, there's another ID at Xbox. Um, mm. Sorry, there's a flick of fly buzzing around my head. It's driving me nuts. Um, there's uh, an ID at Xbox indie showcase coming in a couple of weeks. I think PlayStation just had one with like Oxen Free 2 and stuff that I've completely didn't realize was happening. So we'll have to cover that in a second. But yeah, like at, at least the indies are getting a chance to show their games off. I know there's so many more than that are probably being shown, but you know, small steps. Yeah. I think we're almost done. Uh, this fortnight in delays, Ben, there's three. What do we got? Uh, uh, we got uh, Kina bridge of spirits, which is a PS four and five and PC game, uh, September, okay. 2021. Now uh, the GPU killing Amazon MMO New World, uh, also delayed to September 2021. And sadly, because I'm kind of excited for it, um, Evil Dead, the Saber Interactive kind of Dead by Daylight clone 4v1 uh, is also delayed to 2022. And I guess part of the delay means we get a single player mode. So if you don't have friends to play with or you don't want to play with 
or against randoms you can play by yourself. So sounds good to me. Yes. Anything else you wanted to talk about before? This is a quick, fast and dirty one. This is a bite-sized one. This is what our original format was about 80 episodes ago. So we've accidentally wound it back because we haven't played that much and nothing's really happened in the last fortnight. So, but it's a good one. It was a good time. I'm glad to be here with you. It's a fun yeah. Friday night. It's Likewise. a knockoff drinks. And you can uh, leave your house if you really wanted to after this. Yeah, I've got yeah. nowhere to go. Well, I have to find a mask. Um, <laughs> I've gone through a ridiculous amount. I did see a worrying stat today. Disposable face masks take 450 years to biodegrade. Same as a plastic bottle. Well, you should um, get your mum to make you cloth ones like mine. I've mom. got a cloth one that oh. I you know, forget to wash it and i got to wear the disposable one. So there you go. It's a, Nice cycle. Anyhow, got to well, wear that mask, but still wear a mask. It's yes. We'll worry about the. Let's let's be honest. Climate change is going to get us far before <laughs> those masks are going to you know biodegrade, and it's not going to matter. It's going to be moot. And on that note, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to be so depressing. Sorry, no, that's that was a great point to end on. Yeah, great. <laughs>